How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm excited about this episode. It's a really fantastic interview, isn't it? It is a good interview, yeah. Although we had a lot going on that day. It was a really busy day. Yeah. And so the interview flew by because yeah. we just had so much on our mind and it wasn't until listening back that we just realised how much gold there is in it. It is, it is a really fantastic interview with the wonderful Stacey Heal. Now, if you also listen to uh, the Women's Wellbeing podcast, Stacey is also the interviewee on last week's episode with the wonderful Kate. We didn't realise. We had no idea. <laughs> and obviously, if we weren't about to go on tour and Dawn wasn't in her last term of uni and we weren't spinning so many plates with all of our activism stuff going on behind the scenes, we probably would of rescheduled when we released it but truthfully we don't have time yeah and And also having listened to the other podcast which is fantastic we actually realized that we're covering completely different thankfully subject matter really different conversations about Stacey although we're both speaking about ADHD it's yeah they're very different um very different conversations and if you're a fan of Stacey's which you should be you get a double dose this this last couple of weeks double Stacey extravaganza it's a (laughs) win-win And yeah, she shares some stuff with us that she's never shared before either. Yeah, so, so it's yeah, there's lots of lots of content. <laughs> lots of fantastic insights and very much focused on her experiences as a mother, which is obviously something that we can't really speak on and which is, you know, why we do get so many different people on with different perspectives to open our eyes. What did you what were you perspectives? Okay. What did you think I said? I don't know, but it wasn't that. Was it not that? <laughs> Well, that's what I meant to say. Um, lots of different perspectives um, to educate us and to validate the experience of others that share similar. Yeah. So anyway, should we let Stacey take it away? Let's go. Hi, I'm Dawn. Hi, I'm Laura. And we we are ADHD AF. Seriously. We are two neurodivergent neighbours who moved to the same street at the same time, at the same age, with the same undiagnosed disability. What are the chances? Since discovering the enormous impact ADHD has had on our lives and the horrifying numbers of missing undiagnosed females, it has become our mission to make some serious noise. We want to use our voices to raise awareness, break the stigma and share our experiences in the hope that they help others. So join us for a chat, or as it's called up here in Aberdeen, a blether. (laughs) (laughs) Trigger warning, we will be covering some really sensitive topics, so please do have a read of the description of each episode before listening. It's important to note that we are not medical professionals. We're not therapists or coaches. We're not qualified to offer advice or support. What we will do is share our experiences alongside resources and information from professionals. We will talk over each other (laughs) and we will go off topic and forget the point (laughs) mid-sentence. We are both assigned female at birth, which means that we can only speak from the experience of life as AFAB people. However, ADHDAF is an inclusive space. Whatever your gender, you are very welcome here. Yes, you are. ADHDS females, ADHDAF. So we are joined by the amazing Stacey. 
Stacey, will you introduce yourself for us, please? Tell us your name, age, if you would like, occupation, and a little bit about yourself. Hello, I am, my name's Stacey Hill. I am 43. The eight, those numbers just keep on rolling and I definitely have to remind myself of how old I am. I'm 43. I am a writer, uh, a jack of all trades, master of none, I would say. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a fashion academic. I'm a sometimes journalist. I'm a soon-to-be author. I'm an art curator. Yeah. Blah blah blah. The list the list goes on. Fingers in many pies. That's fantastic, and so many exciting pies to have fingers in. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I suppose if you're going to have fingers in pies, they're good ones. <laughs> very much oh. so, and very and and really very ADHD stereotypically. Yeah. To oh. have so many special interests and be reaching out where your enthusiasm grasps you in different directions. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's got its its downfall though because. Obviously, if you don't just have this one nine to five job that just pays you at the end of a month and you just know what you're doing when you are trying to juggle so many different things and it's freelance stuff. So you're like invoices with an ADHD brain. It's very, it's exceptionally hard. And also, I also lose my diary all the time. So (laughs) we knew that one. I do genuinely mean all of the time I I still deal with you'll be able to see this old school old yeah. school uh, diary because I just can't understand digital like I'm, yeah. I, I've got my phone with me all of the time it would make sense I just can't do it and therefore but I'm always like oh I don't know where it is I don't know where it is <laughs> Yeah, it's taken me a long time to get a digital diary and I still struggle with it. And she has to tell me when my things are coming up because for some reason, when the reminders come up and say, go to the doctors, my eyes don't see it for some reason because it's on a screen. It's like another notification and Dawn's like, have a good appointment. I'm like, oh shit. (laughs) Oh, but this is classic body doubling because then you've got each other. Yeah, I, yeah, I miss out on that. I, then I just miss the appointments (laughs) and just forget Actually, I was really organised for this. I I was kind of sat here, like, waiting up to one o'clock. I was like, right, we're starting at one. And then was like, hmm. Well. Well, (laughs) hang on a minute. And then looked in my diary and was like, no, 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 it's one thirty. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically how all of my days go, is that. Yeah. I was just getting set up on the computer. I saw that you'd signed in because it gives us a notification. And I was like, oh, no, maybe it is one o'clock. So we had no. to check. And we emailed you to see if you wanted to start earlier, but then it took us the exact amount of time that it would have taken us anyway to get here. So, yeah. It, yeah. And I didn't even see that email until about two seconds ago. So, <laughs> oh, we're here. All here now. We're, we're here, here now. and we're putting it together. So, Stacey, exactly. tell me, how did you first come to suspect you had ADHD? I came about it in a very strange way, or maybe not so strange, maybe for late diagnosis. I had never, ever once even considered that I might have it Mm. until I was listening to a podcast that was early last year that was nothing to do with ADHD at all. It was actually about divorce. It was a fashion journalist who I know a little bit was talking about her divorce on a podcast and happened to mention that she was diagnosed with ADHD in her 40s and she just rattled off this list of ways that it's shown up in her life and I felt like I've been hit by a truck yeah yeah I was 
I was so upset because I, I wasn't I was actually on holiday at the time when I was listening to this and I can remember where I was I was on this veranda having a lovely drink I was on my own having like a moment free of kids and then suddenly I was hit by this and I, I was with my family and I had to go and find my mum and say to her fuck I think I've got ADHD and she obviously was like what yeah, like, yeah where did this come from what what's going on and yeah and it kind of snowballed so then the research started which I'm sure I'm sure this is how so many people get diagnosed potentially later is that something something will trigger something or maybe you're working with your kids to get like your kids are getting diagnosed and you're listening back to all of the features and you're going hang on a minute (laughs) hang on a minute yeah and that's that's kind of how it was for me and then I did good like I've listened to all of the podcasts yeah I've read all the books I've done all the research been on all the message boards and was 95% sure that I had ADHD but then I really wanted I think part of my my own ADHD brain was the whole not trusting yourself yeah I've just learned how to just I don't know the narrative all around me when I was growing up in my own brain even in my adult life has always been Stacey's a drama queen. Yeah. Stacey, there's a there's ev- everything so big with you. Everything is extreme. This is just another thing of that you've that, that you're kind of like focusing on at this moment. So I didn't really trust myself in that, and yeah. that was why I wanted to get an official diagnosis. Just yeah. because I feel, I, for me, I felt like I needed a doctor to say you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you're not just making this up. Yeah, validate your your thoughts and feelings. Because that's yeah. as well. Like I really relate to that. It's like this idea of, well, I think this, and if I think this, it's probably wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of yeah. doubt, level of doubting yourself is like, well, if I think that, that can't be right, you know? Yeah, and I think some of the feedback I got before I was actually diagnosed, and I kind of broached the subject a little bit with people. Some people kind of went, oh, okay, okay, that might make sense. Some people were like, you don't have it. Like really categorically, like, yeah. you don't that have really this. Know, that really yeah. know, yeah? yeah, I was like, oh, okay, okay, psychiatrist. Yeah, but some people, uh, and again, it's it's it kind of plays into that thing that I was very much a victim of as well, of like thinking ADHD is all about young boys bouncing around classrooms yeah. on Ritalin. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the only narrative that we've really heard. So I fell into that category and I think other people did. So when I was talking about ADHD, some people were saying to me, but you've got a master's degree. Yeah. Of course you haven't got ADHD. Yeah. Like, don't be ridiculous. And doctors say that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really lucky that anybody I spoke to professionally didn't say any of that to me. Thank goodness. I've read about a lot of people that have. Um, Or then there were people around me that when I started talking about my symptoms of it, they said, but isn't that everyone? Yeah, of course. And that was like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> of course. But is it once a week or once an hour or 10 times an hour? Or... <laughs> yeah. But that's but but that was almost the more painful response yeah. because yeah. then you're thinking, well, how do I prove this? Yeah. How do I how do I de- demonstrate to anybody then how difficult this shit is for me yeah. and how it has been my whole life? Um, because it, it feeds into that whole thing that I've had of like you're a fuck up. Yeah. You've like, you've really, really fucked up in so many different things, so many different situations. So when people start saying, uh, don't know about that, it just feeds into that whole same yeah, thing. 
Yeah. Completely. So, yeah. So for me personally, I definitely felt like I got to kind of have like a bit of a aha moment of like, I was right. And I wasn't a fuck up. Yeah. Like there's actually a reason that this, the loads of stuff happened in my life. Um, And that's monumental in itself, because when you've spent your entire life berating yourself, calling yourself all these different names, then you suddenly realize, wait a minute, this isn't all my fault. There's something else at play here. That's, that's massive. It is. It's also quite difficult as well though, isn't it? Because it's a bit like, like you said, you have this aha moment, but then you have to go. I mean, you luckily you spoke to people that were trained and did know what they were talking yeah, about. But yeah. with regards to friends, family, people that you know, and they're saying, well, everyone does that or you don't have that or whatever. It's this idea I found personally was like, right, okay, this is what's going on. Brilliant. Oh, but not so brilliant because now I know the reason for everything. It also sort of means that potentially everything that's ever happened, my view of it might be a bit skewing. <laughs> and now you're telling me that there are people that don't believe in this at all. And I'm going to have oh. to advocate. I'm going to have to fight yeah. forever. <laughs> it's a bit of a in the <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd seen it. What was interesting is that my diagnosis was, is so recent it's literally two months ago that's the next question anyways oh yeah how well, was well, the diagnosis process? Well, what, what was weird was that I was diagnosed almost literally as there was suddenly all of these yeah. newspaper articles that yeah. were all about like all white men who don't have ADHD all going this is bullshit yeah this is bullshit this is a Just trend just it's a trend get off your phone yeah yeah and the the whole kind of like attack on tiktok i mean tiktok i use tiktok as a way to find out more yeah in like in like a really accessible real term way yeah Mm. hearing hearing personal experiences that were really relatable and i could access really easily and I find it so infuriating. I think you two must just be off the charts of like the critique of these points of access for people when there is no other fucking access for people. It's it's not like, like you're criticizing people. Why are all these people going to TikTok? It's because you're, your medical system doesn't work. Exactly. Exactly. It's opening doors. and, And the idea of course is that, Okay, you may not have a medical diagnosis, but you know yourself, if you relate to these traits, if these things are seriously impacting your life, like where on earth is the harm in self-diagnosing to be able to support yourself with those struggles with like-minded people in a community who all feel the same way? There is no, there's no negative to that. And the idea of like, you know, saying that self-diagnosis isn't valid is so dangerous because what then instead, if we've got such a long way to potentially even get seen and get treatment, then people need treatment. And if you're now telling them, well, that's a trend and it's nonsense, people who are prone to depression, who who suffer all of these comorbidities, who are likely already in some sort of crisis to have got to the point they think they have it, you're now saying, well, the way you found out about it is is bullshit and invalid and actually it might not even be real anyway get off your phone yeah get off your phone that's the answer thank you thank you thank you for your input on a subject that 
you have no qualifications in. Yeah. yeah. So my diagnosis literally was in the center of that, which was yeah. which was quite it, quite a lot. It was a lot to mm. take. And cool. um my actual diagnosis was pretty seamless in many ways nice. yeah I I knew all about your diag your different diagnoses and and how that went for you yeah. so that was really interesting to hear other people's perspectives I started by going to the GP and the GP was like all right okay fill in this form which I did and then she just said and well I put a referral in for you but there's a three-year wait and I was like oh Oh, good. And luckily, I did have like a pot of money that I could use. And I thought, actually, do you know what? This is a good use for this yeah. money. This is actually for me. This is this is this is worth it. Um, so I went down the private route through a me- recommendation through someone I knew that had ADHD, and and actually, it was very very quick. The appointment was quick. The just the processing of all of the documentation was quick. And then, yeah, suddenly I was in this two-hour Zoom call with a with a psychiatrist who was saying, "Yeah, you have ADHD, and actually, you you've got combined ADHD, which I wasn't necessarily yeah. expecting, but yeah, but in the, in terms of the inattentive, he said you are literally off the charts. Um, yeah. uh, and it was and it was a shock, it, even though I knew I I knew I was ninety nine percent sure. It was still a shock to actually have someone say you're not crazy because that's kind yeah. of what it feels like it's not yeah. like you're going to a doctor and say oh I think I've broken my ankle and they go oh, okay we'll find out oh yeah you have it's it's something so abstract so abstract and and in many cases if you're thinking about say inattentive that isn't about maybe physical hyperactiveness sometimes you can look at people and go wow that's that's a lot of energy and it's really obvious but inattentive is a really hard thing to square and and to explain and demonstrate and i think for me yeah i i found that bit in particular a real bonus of being able to say i'm not going mad yeah like, yeah this is real and then afterwards i was I don't know. It it is still taking. I think it's still settling in. It's a long time. Like being diagnosed in your early forties, like you've got a lifetime of narratives and learnt ways about you. Yeah. And to suddenly have this thing put on you and go, oh yeah, that's 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 you. Yeah, it's taking me a while for it that to all kind of filter through and to take it on board. And when you've been speaking to yourself the way you have for however many years. It's that that's you know mud sticks. It's a yeah. lot of undoing. Yeah, a lot yeah. of taking back the things that you've said to yourself and and learning how to speak to yourself differently. Yeah, yeah. because you deserve to be spoken to differently. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was one of the really big things for me was that I I was so aware of how I have always spoken to myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you I wouldn't speak to anybody else in the world like like I have spoken to myself and just the hard time I've given myself Mm -hmm. I just uh, about just really like not being a competent adult yeah because I think for me it got worse as I got older because when you're a kid when you're a teenager there's there's some leeway there's kind of excuses of like why you can't do stuff because of your age or your in like your inexperience but when yeah. you're when you're an adult when you're a mother that's I mean that's even a bigger thing and like 
you can't get your shit together for your children to have a clean school uniform on a Monday and you don't even know where the old school, like the dirty school uniform is. And you're like, you're just a shit adult. Yeah. Yeah. No one else, everyone else can get their shit together. Why can't you? Yeah. And I feel like you're watching everybody else grow up and turn into adults around you. Yes. And you're like, when's my turn? When do I reach adulthood? Yeah. Is that going to happen? And then on top of that, you've got all of these more and more plates to spin that are heavier and heavier with responsibility. And now we also find out that the symptoms change throughout our lifetime because they are affected by the hormones. So as we are getting older, getting into perimenopause or whatever, that's when things start to get worse. So for example, as somebody who listens to the podcast, you'll know that quite often we forget what we're talking about. (laughs) I I didn't used to do that. Genuinely, I didn't. That's like last three years or something. Mm, Really? It's a new thing, forgetting what I'm talking about mid-sentence. Yeah, I I struggle to make the connection of, is my ADHD getting worse or am I more aware of it? It would be both. Or is it a combination of both? You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Yeah. 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 And the, yeah, God, the perimenopause in on that as well. And again, that's yet another thing, isn't it? Of like an abstract thing. You're, you're, you're noticing some things changing, but it's really subtle and you're going, oh, is this this? You're, yeah. you're questioning yourself constantly of yeah. what's what's happening, for what reason, what do I need to do about it? God, being a middle-aged woman is hard. <laughs> Honestly, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's endless, isn't it? It's just... When do we catch a break, really? No, I don't know. Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know when that is. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you were going to tell me. As the experts. No, never the experts, not at all. (laughs) But what I was going to say, obviously you touched on the fact that you are a mother. Like, do you want to elaborate on that a bit more about how you find being a mum with ADHD? I mean, obviously, as you said, it's all really new to you, but we don't, you know, we're not raising families of our own. So it's something that we can never comment on. Right. Yeah. Um, So it is tricky, I would say. And, um, it's it's hard because you start to realize that your own issues are suddenly having an impact on other people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has always killed me, actually, and I didn't know what to do about it, was I remember my eldest daughter had said to me something about, she's nine now, but maybe when she was a little bit younger, she said, um, our house doesn't look like other people's houses. Mm. Why is our house always so untidy? Like, why is our car always so untidy? And the shame that I felt was astronomical. But I felt like I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know what to do about it. And I could remember when I was a kid, I remember my mum saying to me, you're like it was this this the the normal thing of a kid of like your room is so messy go and tidy your room go and tidy your room and anytime my fe- my friends phone me they would always be like you're always tidying your room yeah. <laughs> tidying your room all the That's time actually the story of my life yeah you're always like how is there that much to tidy like in one your own bedroom but I was I was I was always just like being asked to tidy my room and then when I was a teenager and then my mum said when you move out you will have a tidy you will not live like this when you move out moved out as a student I remember her coming to my house and being like what the fuck is this (laughs) this is mental and then it turned into when you own your own home when you own your own property you won't live like this you will not live like this 
And then I owned my own home. <laughs> and it was the same. And that that really like tapped into that thing of like, I am just shit then. Because even yeah, my mum, who knows me the most and who's really great at that kind of stuff, is has said to me, this will happen to you. As a as you grow up, this will happen to you. And it never did. Yeah. yeah. It never did happen for me. And and so having children was that this thing of like, oh shit, now you're involved. Yeah. Now yeah. you've got to be part, like, because before the chaos, my personal chaos was kind of my own. And I could kind of hide how chaotic I was. I was the master of hiding how chaotic I was and, and still am, yeah. I would say as well. But you can't really hide that with kids because they're basically with you all the bloody time yeah. and they live in your house. And and that killed me yeah. that I saw that, like, why have you not organised this for us? Why have you not thought about this? Why? And like, my oldest daughter is switched on. She's going to be like a detective or something. <laughs> she's, like, honestly, I could just feel her eyes boring into me. Like, she's my biggest critic in the world. And, you, and she will call me out on everything. So when I am being called out, I'm like, it feels a bit like my mum again of going, not doing this very well are you this whole <laughs> life stuff um but actually since I've been diagnosed I've been a, a hell of a lot easier on myself yeah and I have started taking medication as well which has really really helped actually and my house uh you can't see it but um is in the best situation it has been in for my entire life Yay. and it and i feel like a child saying that it's just like oh, i'm a 43 year old woman but it's really i'm starting to unpack all this stuff yeah. and the the shame that i have had about like my inability to function properly and I'm just learning about this whole executive function yeah. thing that that isn't how my brain is wired yeah and I think it's easy for people on the outside to look in and think that you don't care about tidiness and you don't want your house to be clean and tidy oh my god yeah but I desperately yeah. did I always have done yeah. I desperately wanted that but uh, and and I found that it's very hard to square with people when say say with me for example like how come you've got a master's degree? But you've got no clean clothes and there's no clean, there's no clean plates at your house. Like it doesn't make sense to people, but I don't know. Now having ADHD as like a a thing to explain, I don't know, maybe, maybe people still won't understand it. Lots of uh, advocating still left to do. There's much work to do, but we will, we will soldier on with it. Hey, Yes. Yeah. If you are finding this podcast helpful and you're in a position to do so, we are asking that you help us by signing up to our Patreon. In pledges starting at just £4 a month, it will give you access to our We Are ADHD AF community forum, in which we are both active members, and we all support and learn from each other. You will also get access to behind-the-scenes content, exclusives, offers, blogs, vlogs, the works, everything in the kitchen sink. Your pledge will also mean that we will be able to continue to put out weekly episodes of ADHD as Females, the podcast. Alternatively, if you would prefer just to make a donation, you can do so by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash ADHD as females. We know that our words are helping people in 164 countries and counting. We really appreciate your support in supporting us to continue supporting the ADHD community. If you are ADHD AF and you want more ADHD AF, 
Join the We Are ADHDAF community. www.patreon.com forward slash ADHD as females. I like what you said about, you know, when you're there and you're kind of reflecting, you're like, oh, I'm 43 and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, we say it all the time. We're like the forever children. I have not changed. I haven't grown up. You know, it's this idea of all of a sudden everything's going to change. I literally feel exactly the same. It's just you have a new understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a new understanding post-diagnosis, but in terms of like when you look at other adults, what their priorities are, how how they go about their day. From the outside looking in anyway. you know. Yeah, of course. Of course. You don't know what goes on, do you? But it, it, it doesn't change. Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. I'm still going to act like an absolute idiot. Whenever <laughs> the opportunity comes up, which is pretty much all the time. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, fe- I felt like that literally until I had my first child at 33. And then there's this situation that, that kind of forces you into a different mindset because you yeah. suddenly like, fuck, like I, I have to do stuff I have to do it because this child's life depends on it Um, (laughs) and and actually that's that's quite a big motivation yeah the the life of a child it becomes Um, that external motivation that you need to be able to get things done yes yeah yeah but but then you're kind of like it's a new stick to beat yourself Mm, with of like then when you're you're looking around at peers who are doing all this stuff with their kids and like I remember all the mums that I used to hang out with when the kids were babies, they would, before I gave birth, this is such a good example of ADHD, I spent, I reckon you could tally it up to about maybe 40 hours on the on the internet looking for the perfect nappy bag. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like literally, or like making charts in my head of like size, price, yes. print. And it was just like this, like... It was like the focus of everything. I reckon yeah. about 40 hours in like my late pregnancy. In the end, I couldn't, I did, didn't buy one. I was given an old one by a friend, a really <laughs> shitty, a shitty old one that I never used anyway. And I was known in amongst my group of friends when we used to go to like baby groups and stuff as being the mum who would only come with one nappy and, <laughs> one, pack, and one packet of baby wipes shoved in her designer handbag. <laughs> Uh, and and these people are like they're coming and it's like it's like a shop they're literally bringing like a shop of like here's 10 changes of clothing and here's all the medicine in case they need it and here's all the stuff yeah and I was like I've literally just shoved it in my bag (laughs) yeah and I mean and and that is like the best example of ADHD I think I could give of like hyper focus that then turns into totally not interested yeah uh then turns into i don't know what i need so i'm literally just going to grab one thing and hope it's okay hope for the yeah. best it, yeah. re- it really is it's a perfect example yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think has changed for you since diagnosis you said no. compassion you've got more self-compassion oh i mean that that definitely is the biggest thing i i i don't think i really understood how hard I was on myself, like, and the berating, the voice in my head of just these, these terms that were so horrible. And, and that's really stopped. And I, and I, I don't know it. I don't know if that is a medication thing or just an awareness thing. Um, I think the biggest, yeah, the biggest thing is all about 
being kinder to myself, having much more understanding of things. And it's almost given me a kind of a weird permission to just get on with stuff. Yes. Yeah. To just be like, oh, do you know what? It's not going to be perfect. And that's fine. I think actually the ADHD really has stopped me from doing stuff in the past because yeah. I've, I'm have i so good at ideas. I've got a thousand million ideas. And then I stop myself because I'm just like, ah, oh, I, don't, I don't know where to go with this. And I think now I'm really thinking, well, just do it anyway. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Like, just do yeah. it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't matter. Who cares? That's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. You know, that's a really good, that's a really good example of just like, well, just try it. Just try something and do it anyway. Just do it anyway. Right, just do it, see what just happens. Do it. Yeah. The thing is, I mean, in terms of your symptoms, I really relate to what you were saying. My ADHD was really heavy on the kind of RSD anxiety people pleasing was just clouding everything so I'd have loads and loads of ideas but then I wouldn't do it because what if I did it wrong what if I upset that person what if it's shit what if is it that do you think that's that's cleared a bit that's one area of ADHD that I haven't had really is I don't think I fall into the people pleasing category but I think it's it's much more about myself of just I feel like like I'm writing a book at the moment and yeah. it's very, it's interesting because I think when I started it, I was very much of the opinion and this is, like, I've never voiced this to anybody before. This I've, this is brand new information to oh, anybody. But in my head, I was like, this has to be a Sunday Times bestseller. Yes. It has, yeah. it has to go down in history as one of the great pieces of literature. <laughs> no pressure. And I'm like, what the fuck like why am I why am I doing that to myself like actually do you know what would be great is to have to have written a book and have it published wow what an achievement what what an enormous what an enormous thing yeah what a a cool thing to happen um yeah and in the past that I I just wouldn't have started a book yeah no no fucking way because I would be reading I love books I'm a big reader so in my head I would be thinking if this it's not as good as all of these like huge, huge names, like classic books. What's the point? Yeah. No, there is yeah, no point. Right. So I won't do it. But then you go through your life and you've done nothing. Yeah. So that, that's back. It. it's that perfectionism thing. You want to do something and you think to yourself, if I'm not able to do this perfectly, yeah. then I shouldn't do it at all. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, I can really relate hard to that because it's why I don't start a lot of things because yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do it as good as I want to be able to do it yeah, or as good as the other person's yeah. doing it. Can I, yeah. can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, of course. Uh, so how do you feel about, you know, this whole community that you've set up? Like in terms of, I mean, you're di- you've got so many different avenues going on about like designing your own um, merch, having a tour, doing all all this different stuff. How do you feel about that in terms of perfectionism? But also, um, (laughs) is it a hyper-focus that you're then going to kind of go... Ah, bored of this. We, we've got past the hyper focus. It definitely yeah. was a hyper focus when got, we first started, yeah. and then we realised, yeah. oh shit, we can't just stop now. We kind of we've no. started something, we've done something, we better crack we just on. We expected it to go as far as it did, and now that 
that we're here I think it's, it's such a difficult thing like obviously we're so proud mm. and we're so grateful we're just riding the wave though. we're riding the wave I always think it's going to end tomorrow so that's why I'm like give it everything you've got because it I probably won't be doing this in a month we could just yeah. not be doing it or something but I do feel like that the the, the the thing that makes it really bittersweet, right, is that obviously we're speaking to people every day in the community and it's wonderful. We know that we can support each other. Peer-to-peer support is enormous. But it's very, very hard to hear these stories all the time because you relate so much. Yeah. You understand. So it's like every time somebody's telling you the story, like sometimes it physically hurts me. It hurts me in my throat. It hurts It hurts my heart, like genuinely. And then it's great because it's it's fuel for the fight. It's fuel to keep going. Right, we've got to keep going. Da, da, da. But then if you're not careful, it can feed into your own hurt. And then you're just really fucking angry. And it's taken you back this many steps. And yeah. it's a really difficult yeah. one. You know, we've had people at the, sh- the first show we did, somebody was saying that, um, the podcast had helped them so much. It was literally the reason why they were still alive. Oh my now, God. Everybody who walked away, every, when that girl walked away, everyone in the group went, oh my God, guys, like what an achievement, what an achievement. And we were both just like, but that's not okay. Yeah. Because that person needs actual help. She doesn't need two idiots sat here in Nepoprim <laughs> talking shit. They need some, you know what I mean? It's unacceptable that yeah. people have been failed to that level. Yeah. So it's, but it's we've had to one. come along and help. We've had to come along and talk nonsense. But you know, it, it's incredible, but it's hard. Yeah. yeah it's, and, it's a lot of, um, it's a weight to carry, isn't it? Other people, it is. other people's emotions and their trauma. Because that's what it is a lot, isn't it? Of like yeah. the, the trauma of all the things that you that were missed and then it sounds like there are so many traumas for people to be diagnosed yeah as well and I think obviously we're both going through this process both learning about ourselves and, and trying to get our own way through here but we're putting so much focus into other people yeah and helping them that sometimes we're forgetting about ourselves yeah. and that. Yeah. yeah so like that's something that we're both recognizing at the moment that we need to put a lot more back into yeah. us so that we can continue doing it's, what we're doing it's so much just so much admin there's so much stuff which we're both absolutely terrible at <laughs> <laughs> we need a I, team of people I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much like a complete technophobe I'm like how does Zoom work And I'm the one that's doing whatever And like yeah it kind of got to a point A couple of months ago Where I was not a human being I was mm. a vessel for which this work could happen And I would and I'd wake up in the morning I'd sit up and be like right Social media what needs to happen da, da, da. And I was just batting stuff away All day every day And then I got to a place where I could barely keep my eyes open And it was proper burnout mm. you know. And so it's, it's, it's a difficult thing Because we have all of the passion All of the fuel, all of the drive A platform there to at least help a little bit But yeah. then at the same time Forgetting that we've we're only relatively recently diagnosed yeah we've been doing this 10 months you know and when people think we know what we're talking about like or come and ask us for advice and we're like we've literally told you in the disclaimer like I'm just you sat there with a microphone in front of me I don't know anything yeah (laughs) yeah but I suppose it's a bit like what we're saying about TikTok that um I it is such a valuable tool though like it's it's it, but you're right. It's unfortunate that more sturdy routes to help are not are not so available. Exactly, yeah. and 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 a lack of understanding and compassion. 
Yeah. Because that would that would alleviate a lot, I think, if people mm. didn't feel like the, the stigma and having to defend themselves, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. If people just understood and that was a given. Because it, you know, it's a disability under the Equality Act 2010, isn't it? So, you know, nobody's disputing other disabilities. Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> I don't, I don't think that many people know that it is a disability. No, no, no right. I don't think so either. You're right. Yeah, not at all. Um, I mean, I didn't. Did you? No, no. Did you know? It would no, would no, no, nice, no, no, no. It would be nice no. for someone just to come along and say, "I think I've got ADHD," and for people to be like, "All right, um, can I help?" Like, <laughs> yeah. what? what 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 do you need instead of people being like, yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. yeah. Or what does that look like for you? Yeah. Like, yeah. how how has that affected you in your life? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought it was just about little boys. Yeah. I think you're doing the good work. We try. Um, we try. <laughs> and I try. I I think I have it in my writing. I have it. I generally like talk about a lot of hard, like hard things that happen to people, but um. I haven't dipped too much into ADHD yet because I think a bit like you, I don't feel like I've had any time to process it. Yeah. Like I and I think that's the thing. Um, I don't know. If you're diagnosed when you're a teenager, maybe there's just a bit more space around you to be able to find your work way. things out. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I was diagnosed, literally read the report and went, okay, right, what's for dinner, guys? Yeah, yeah. And then and then it was just like, bang, 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 life, 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 like all my different jobs. And I don't feel like I've had a chance to actually even sit down and think, like I had that thing I just told you about my mum telling me about um, all the different times about uh, one day you will tidy your bedroom. Mm. I'd forgot, do you know what? I have forgot about that. That's, yeah, that just came to me now, then. Yeah. And, and that's actually quite emotional yeah. for yeah, me to think about that because yeah so even and I'm not blaming my mum in this mm. that she didn't know like people said to me oh do you grieve like your childhood do you grieve the fact that all these people didn't pick up on it in your life I was like no because nobody talked about yeah. stuff like yeah. that in the 80s yeah it, it just genuinely wasn't even discussed yeah at all so how on earth would would anybody know so on the same note, what do you think undiagnosed ADHD has cost you? Oh, God. Uh, well, financially, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I wouldn't <laughs> even like to I wouldn't even like to think about it. The big cost for me, I would say, is it was definitely maybe like my uh, late teens, early 20s when I dropped out of three different universities. So started yeah. degrees after a couple of months went, ah! I can't do I can't do this and I had like loads of reasons why and I just couldn't I couldn't focus I I couldn't understand I couldn't like I just moved around and then I'd get there and go this is it this is what I want to do and then to start and go I don't like uh, I, I don't know what I'm doing I can't go to lessons yeah and that cost me financially like in a big yeah. way to do with like start a degree drop out start a degree drop out um and then I did uh eventually then I went back and when I was on my fourth degree I was like I've actually got to finish this one because that is um like I can't drop out again I was already known as like a bit of a a dropout flaky well that's it and for me that I I stopped I stopped trying and I stopped doing things because it was just like well I keep failing and I, yeah. I look like this failure. So it's just like, if I just stop doing, then I can't fail. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try, then you yeah. can't fail. Yeah. 
Yeah. And my, my degree was a weird one because the, when I, in my fine, the last, the degree that I got, the first two years were really bad. I really wanted to leave. I didn't go to any classes. I got really poor grades. And then in the final year, I just, I just changed how I thought about it and thought, right, you've just got to fucking get on with it. Just, you've just got to get on with this because this is ridiculous. And I chose a project that I absolutely loved. All of my lecturers hate, they hated it. I studied fashion. They hated it. They said, this isn't even a project for this this degree. This is like a totally different subject. You're mad. But I was, the hyper focus I had was like nothing I've ever experienced. It was outrageous. The the, it was like I was on Red Bull for a year, and, <laughs> and they, Where are and you? they, no, no, I was, I was literally fueled with just like this energy and yeah. this yeah. passion to do this thing, and through the year they were still going to me, oh God, like I don't know what this is, and in the end I got the highest grade in the history of the of the whole <laughs> university, um, uh, yeah, I, and that was like that was a real big turning point for me actually of. Mm thinking you can do this yeah can I ask a question do you think the fact that they didn't want you to do it and it was rebellious might have been part of the drive <laughs> it has been said before <laughs> that I can be quite combative yeah, and, and, and argumentative potentially yes <laughs> I, think, I, I think that I think that definitely was it and I think because I was seen as just a bit of an outcast on my degree um I think it was like a bit of a fuck you to many yeah. people that were on the degree as well who kind of were like oh god like what's she doing yeah uh and to I'll do show them yeah, yeah. It, and it was and and I really showed myself and I think when other hurdles have come up since I think that even though it cost me in so many ways like financially but also my mental health I mean I suffered from a very serious depressive episode that I had to be hospitalized for during that period because that kind of in and out moving around the country in and out really played havoc with me and and I do mourn for that bit I think that was so hard and I wish then, I think, well, I obviously ADHD had so much to do with that, that, yeah. that I wouldn't have had that. And I mean, but the positive of it is that I know that I was at such a rock bottom. Like when I was hospitalized, I was as low as you can go. Yeah. I really was. And I kind of had to make a decision to go, okay, like if I'm going to get out of here, something quite drastic has to change. Mm. And I do have that now in my arsenal of tools, which is I've been at rock bottom and I got, and I got out. Yeah. Like, and I found a way and it was so the way I got out of that, I don't know, again, might be an ADHD thing. And, but I like put this tiny little plan in place, which was you're going to go for a one walk every day by water. You're going to go to a swimming baths on your own and teach yourself how to swim. And you're going to eat one salad every day. And that sounds ridiculous now. When I when I think about my life now, where I'm literally trying to cut, I've got the job of like, I don't know, four full-time jobs. I think back to that now and just think this tiny little tick list of like, because yeah. my brain could not, it had just imploded in on itself. Yeah. It was like, how can I find my way back? And that was it. These tiny, tiny little micro moments to kind of bring myself back to myself, really. 
I'm so sorry you went through that though but like it really resonates I did the same thing Mm. at the start of last year I was on my absolute knees and I and I had a checklist and that's what did you yeah that's exactly what I did it was like do some form of exercise, either go out for a walk or whatever, listen to or read a chapter of a book, do this. It's like just a checklist of things. And that was that was all I could do. Yeah. And I, and I actually say, like, I, I call it a period of fighting for my life, which I, I know what it is to do that, really. And I don't mean any offense by that. But that was no, no. really fighting oh. to survive. I yeah. would push my way through. Yeah, Abs- absolutely. And I think, and, you know, that whole un- undiagnosed ADHD situation where especially if you don't really know what's going on for you to kind of put these miniature building blocks in place just to get you through to the next moment to the next moment yeah till you can build something bigger I think is is critical it's very interesting as well because part of my coaching like I'm I'm always that I just need to get on top of everything I need to get everything done I need to do this that that and the other and I never look at the smaller things and so that's something I'm learning to do is break things down take smaller steps yeah so that you can you know get to where you want to be and it's the same same idea yeah you're trying to do too much all at once but if you break it all down it yeah start small it's a lot easier yeah and I suppose these are all things that we're just learning now that other people can just do yeah Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) they just they just do all of this stuff anyway I wanted to quickly ask you did you want to talk say anything about your book or are you keeping it under wraps or did you want to say Uh, no no I can talk about it yeah uh the book I'm writing at the moment is about women actually and specifically about things that women are not told Mm. and and it's weird because I'd already started writing this book before my diagnosis and the diagnosis just kind of was this other area that just kind of popped up in my life of like oh look neurodivergence you didn't know about that no one talked (laughs) no one talked to you about that have that on your plate as well but I, I've, there's been experiences that have happened over the past probably 10 years, I would say, in terms of like family life, having children, postnatal depression, um, my marriage, illness, death, or grief, all sorts of stuff like that. Like these big milestones in women's lives, like things that people can go through and about all the things that people don't tell you about it. Because I found that being on Instagram in particular and talking to people there, I start I started to get quite annoyed with the kind of the soundbite nature of it when you're talking about these big issues, mm-hmm. this like these massive nuanced complex subjects that have to be boiled down to like some bullet points yeah. or yeah. some. Te- Here's my hot take, and <laughs> and I was like trying to talk about these really 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 fucking difficult things in you know four pa- four tiny paragraphs yeah and I just thought I can't do it and it's not doing it justice so I felt like I wanted to write a book that is really about giving a lot of detail detail I suppose it's kind of part I would say half manifesto half memoir in the sense that I want to talk broadly to women about these areas of our lives that we don't talk about and offer you some kind of detailed insight into how that's yeah. shown up in my own life. Yeah. 
That's fantastic. So That's amazing. Because, you know, obviously what we're doing here, when we share our experiences, the amount of people that say they feel validated. Yeah. That, you know, it is so, so, so important. Yeah. I think, I think it's a very, very strong move to be the person that puts your hand up first. That's kind of, and that's kind of what I aspire to. I aspire to be that person to almost take, take the hit a little bit. Like, you know, when you're in class, when you're at school and some, the teacher asks a question and everyone's kind of going, like looking down at their notebooks <laughs> and like, you can feel like the collective sigh of yeah. everyone of like, oh, someone else has put their hand up. I kind of yeah. want to, I, I'm, I kind of want to be that person to be like, this is how this looks for me. What's it look like for you? Like my shit yeah. is weird. Like the stuff that I've written about in this book is like really quite like it's definitely going to have to go through some kind of edit of like, can I say this? Is this yeah. legal? Um, <laughs> like I, I've got to be careful. Like I'm going to have to think about what I write in it. But um, yeah, I, I kind of want to put my own voice out there as as a way, not just so it's a book about me. I don't want a book about me, but to kind of be that person to open the door for people to go, oh shit, yeah, that's yeah. actually how I felt. Or I felt something like that, but I've never said that. I've never had anyone to talk to about it. So how far through this book are you? When's it going to oh, be out? When God. can we read it? I can't talk about it because <laughs> needs, it needs to be written yet. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it, I've got a lot to write. The dead, well, it's going to be out, I think, May 2024. It's ages away. However, there's a lot to write. <laughs> yeah, that hyper focus on what you need is so. Should we say actually, Stacey, we don't think you're going to do it. And we, <laughs> and we think that's a terrible subject. Yes, yeah, it's terrible. Off you go. Shit, <laughs> you're never going yeah. to do this. Yeah, okay, right. Get those laser beams coming out of your eyes and go. Fighting talk. That's fighting talk. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the things we always ask is if you could implement change to the diagnostic process, what would it be? Oh, I mean, how, God, how would I change? Is it, am I allowed to say wait times? Because that's like a, that's like a really obvious thing of just, we need more hands on deck. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Like it it just, like you cannot function with just not an, I mean, but then that, that's the whole NHS, isn't it? That's, that's everything of like all of the um, vacancies to do with nurses and doctors and, we just need more hands on deck to no, support, deck. More, to support more funding, the team. It? Yeah. it is. People getting is. trained up. But then perhaps other people could diagnose. That would free up some time. Oh, Interesting. Goodness. I was speaking to someone this week who told me that at their clinic, their GP surgery, a mental health nurse has been trained to diagnose ADHD. And really? They're, wow. They're potentially getting seen by this mental health nurse for their diagnosis so hopefully there's going to be more of that hopefully hopefully yeah um so yeah shall we just wrap things up and ask you the question we ask everyone which is what's the most adhd thing you've done this week oh this week um or ever you can have ever if you like or ever (laughs) or ever uh definitely the story I, i told you about the the nappy bag yeah, that is a very uh, good one. Or um, uh, I definitely I made the decision um quite abruptly that I was going to be a Pilates teacher, which is bizarre because <laughs> I've only I'd only ever done about three Pilates classes in my life, <laughs> and my course. whole back my whole background was either fashion or art. So for me to then go, I'm going to be a Pilates teacher was quite quite. <laughs> 
quite an abrupt turnaround. I spent £3,000 on the training to which I was then sent all of like all the like the kit of like all the like the because you've got to learn all about science and biology. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, brilliant. I'm going to be a Pilates teacher. Started looking through the biology stuff and went, ugh. And then never looked at it again. again. (laughs) Yeah. So my next question was going to be, are you a Pilates instructor? (laughs) (laughs) No, and I've never been to a Pilates class then. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about that. Oh, lovely. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> there you go. There's there's some more pounds to add to the cost. Oh, I wouldn't oh. even like to know what that tally is, to be honest. Well, Stacey, it's been so, so lovely speaking really to you. Really have been. Thank you. Oh, and thank we're very you. Very excited. Pleasure. That you're, Thank you. Yeah, that she's never going to get. You're finished. never going to write. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Terrible subject. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No, not at all. It's been an absolute pleasure. And hopefully we can have you on again further down the line. Yeah. Okay. Thank Thank you. Have a nice afternoon. Obviously, we know Stacey's going to write a banging book. Of course she is. <laughs> <laughs> we only said it for her own accountability and to, um, yeah, ignite that further fuel to prove us wrong. So exactly. We really, we really can't wait to read it. I'm very excited about and it. Thank you so much, Stacey. It was so wonderful to chat to you. Um, so thank you for sharing your experiences and opening our eyes. I mean... As people that are really guilty of comparing ourselves to others, and it's something that we both really struggle with and work hard not to do now going forward. Yes. It's so interesting to hear that obviously if you if you are a mother or a parent and you, you've got a kind of another level to, of comparison to be like, they're doing a better job than me or yeah, my having... kids are not as as well dressed or whatever it is that you can find to, to berate yourself for and tell yourself you're not good enough. It's and then having one. your kids compare you as well on top of <laughs> that, you know. But yeah, yeah, it was super interesting. I also really loved when she was saying about what Stacey was saying about her mum you know, things will be different when this happens. Things will be different when, when that happens. And what if it isn't? What if you are exactly the same? Because actually, this is this is how ADHD presents in you. These mm-hmm. are your ADHD traits. Super, super interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, what is the most ADHD thing you've done this week, Tom? Me? My most ADHD thing is forgetting things. Oh, I thought that was mine. Birthdays. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not just this week. I mean, this week I've forgotten two friends' birthdays. Yeah. Which is 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 frustrating because it's one. They were both in my calendar, although one of them didn't remind me until seven p.m. at night. Of the day. Of the day of oh, their birthday. No. So that was my fault for putting it in wrong. The other one, I I acknowledged it three days before, two days before, even one day before. But not on the day. But on the morning, sent that person a long voice note. Oh no. Forgetting to actually wish them happy birthday. Oh, bless. But they get it, right? They, yeah. Obviously, I've apologised and acknowledged their birthdays. And um, yeah, they, they, they understand. And it, I, I promised I would make it up in, in other ways. It's so, really common, isn't it? It's a really common yeah. thing. I mean, I forgot my own stepmom's birthday this year as well. Yeah. So it, it's it's not because I don't care. It's just because I forget. And we don't know what day it is. Yes. And <laughs> speaking of forgetting... Yeah, sh- that's mine as well. Like, literally... 
This week, the forgetfulness has been outrageous. I literally had a voice note to send. I had three things to say. And it took me like half an hour, 40 minutes to send a two minute voice note because at no point could I remember the three things in one voice note. So it got to the point where I was like, right, I'll press pause. And then I was like, I don't know if it was the pressure of it that was making me forget even more. And I just really noticed it this week. And what I wonder is, is it that I'm actually really stressed and I'm not feeling stressed. I'm not feeling that anxious feeling because that's how one of the ways that the medication helps me. Yeah. So then I end up in this awful fatigued place, don't Mm. I? And suddenly I can't do anything. I lost the ability to write on Friday and that's one thing I can always do. Yeah. And I wonder if I'm just really stressed, really fatigued and that's exacerbating it. But then on the other hand, I'm like, is it a hormonal thing making yeah. my symptoms worse? I guess I was thinking about that a lot as well. Like, why am I forgetting all these things? And I think part of it is because you're so busy, yeah. because there's so many things going on in your head, you're overwhelmed, you're you're trying to do so much. Running at each day. Yeah, yeah, that you're not able to focus on the present moment and therefore those things aren't sticking in your head. Yeah, all of the above, perhaps. Yeah, all exactly. Like, I I think that's probably a contributor and the hormones and everything else. It's just... It's a lot. Making us a little bit more forgetful than usual. However, the good news is that all of the hard work is paying off because we finally got the Brighton tickets out, which is my, well, our, but really my, because I was obsessing... Your rabbit rabbit hole. hole, yes. So... We, as we've said in a previous episode, we messed up the date. We double booked ourselves. I'm really proud of ourselves that we only did the one mess up. Yeah, by to the way. be fair, there, it could have been a lot worse. Arranged a whole tour ourselves to only have had one clash is really good going. But getting another venue in Brighton has posed has posed has been incredibly difficult, especially when there's a conference or something going yeah, on something that that exact day, to that, be that day that we want the venue. So we literally, want the I, I was pulling my hair out. By the end of last week, I was just like, I can't believe this isn't finished. Over then, 60 emails but, you sent. But said. then by this week, that's another full week. It still wasn't finished this Friday. And I literally was losing my mind. Yeah. And it ended up, yeah, it was over 60 emails. And the first correspondence of Brighton, bearing in mind there's all the research that went on prior to that. Yeah. And in between was the 2nd of February. Yeah. So it's literally been two full months just to get one of venue. Back and forth for one venue. But we've done it. We've done it. We the have. tickets are out and they are selling fast. So if you would like to come and see us beside the seaside in mm-hmm. Brighton, we would love to see you there. So do go to Linky Bio, grab yourself tickets to come and see us at the Harbour Hotel in Brighton or at any of the events scanning from. Up right north in Scotland. In Inverness. Inverness, Perth. Right down to Trudeau in Cornwall. Trudeau Cornwall. Cornwall. We're in Brighton, we're in London, we're in Norwich, we're all over the goddamn place. Yeah. Come and see us because we can't wait to see you. We cannot. And yeah, so my rabbit hole this week is... Um, what is my rabbit hole? Oh, polishing, yeah. So I'm nearly finished my uni project. Which, which is so cool and amazing. Which I will share very soon. It'll be on my socials and um, yeah, 
everywhere that I can share it's because incredible. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, so you should be. But, well um, done. Yeah, I need to finish polish, polishing my collection and finishing it up. And I've just been obsessed. Like every time I'm sat down at the computer, if I'm editing or reading emails, I'm just I've got a little piece of sandpaper <laughs> in my <laughs> hand, minuscule little squares that I'm just like polishing metal or polishing wood, which gives a little bit of away as to what um, materials I'm using in my piece. Is it but metal and wood? It's metal and wood. <laughs> Yeah, it is. So there you go. So that's been my obsession, just like trying to get every tiny little imperfection, even though it's very, the finished article in my project at uni is a small, small percentage of my grade. I could be focusing on other things, but no, no, I'm down the rabbit hole of making sure that this thing is pristine and perfect. Perfectionism. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, So we haven't done our listener most ADHD thing. No, we haven't. I was wearing shorts to work. I'm a dog walker because I have no clean leggings. Wash in the machine has already been put on twice and left to go fushti twice. If you're not sure what fushti is, it's a Doric word that comes from fusht, which means to become smelly, mouldy or succumb to mildew. So I would say foisty. <laughs> foisty. Yeah. But yeah, it's either fusti or fushti is what we would say up here. It's yeah. written fusti, but yeah. Anyway, I also brought the ham out to the van. Thought, why the fuck have I got a ham? <laughs> <laughs> Went back in the house with the ham. Went upstairs and still left the house with the ham. Oh, snacks <laughs> for the road. I'm like, where did the ham even come into this story? <laughs> I thought this was about leggings in the washing machine. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you to everybody who gets on board with this because it is the ultimate shame eradication segment of our podcast in which we all get to just be in it together, realise that we're all in it together, realise that it's normal for people that have ADHD to do all of these things. So there's no shame needed because we're all at it. Yeah. yeah. And, we, and we love it. And we can laugh at it. Exactly. Yeah. We love it. We love it. Yeah. So thank you very much. And thank you for listening. And as thank always, Stacy. Yes, fantastic. And yeah, as Laura mentioned, tickets are available for the tour. It's we're happening very, very soon. It's like three weeks we go on tour. Yeah, ah! it's wild. So we are hard at it behind the scenes, making sure that everything's organised, and we've got so much to do. Yeah, let's not let's not do this tonight. <laughs> but we'll get there. And as always, look after yourself. Look after everyone else. Self compassion, compassion in general, and. Yeah, just have a lovely week. Take the washing out of the machine. Yeah, and put the ham down. <laughs> Bye. Bye. ADHD as females. ADHD AF. ADHD as females.